You are listening to the Business Society Podcast with Melissa Houston, CPA, financial strategist for CEOs, and a Forbes.com columnist. The Business Society community is where business owners come together to learn about real business, common problems, and real solutions. Are you a successful business owner who is now ready to learn how to increase your profit margins so that you can keep more money in your pocket and build your personal net worth? You are in the right place. With over 20 years of experience working with business owners, I share with you real advice that will help you increase the profit in your business and build your net worth. I know you're a genius at what you do, regardless of what profession you're in, and I'm here to help you make sense of the money and other pressing business issues. Have a business problem? We'll find real business solutions. Jay Razouk is a California business attorney with over 10 years experience litigating across 20 states in matters involving legal compliance at Fortune 500s. He is also the founder of ProScale Legal Coaching. Employing his secure scale method, Jay now helps small business owners employ legal strategies to protect their business as they scale beyond seven and eight figures. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. We have Jay Razu. Am I saying that right, Razu? You nailed it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Perfect. So Jay is here today to talk to us about everything, well, legal in our businesses. So Jay, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business and who you help and how you serve? Sure. Yeah. So I'm an attorney and I started off my first 10 years working with Fortune 500 companies, trying to fix them and and prevent these billion dollar mistakes. And now I'm focusing my practice and I've created a legal coaching business called ProScale Legal, where I now am trying to help online entrepreneurs safely secure or securely scale themselves, you know, as you're growing, you know, understand their risks and just better protect their assets. It's so important because I often find that entrepreneurs are not well protected legally. And, you know, we know that that's super important, but often (laughs) they don't know what they need to be doing to protect themselves. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that as well? And and that's that's exactly what gets me so passionate about this, and why I'm just so glad to be be focusing with this group because really, to me, that you have entrepreneurs and you have executives. Executives know the risks and make informed decisions, but entrepreneurs, you know, these are people just are gung ho and go for it, not knowing really what they might face. And when it comes to the legal space, there's so much out there in terms of misinformation, confusion, and it's really hard to just try to figure out what should you do. You know, even the basic question, should I do a corporation or LLC? I'm sure it could be an overwhelming premise just to figure it out and sort through the the mess of literature out there. But yeah, I, definitely a I, question I get asked a lot too. LLC, what do I do? So do you have any insight on that? Yeah, so I, I think the LLC is probably a good starter for most people because it's just really simple and a lot of things are kind of taken care for you. But if you're with any other person, if there's two more of you, I think that's where an LLC can almost become more complex and more work than if you have a corporation. So there's just this whole mix. But I think another big thing that people really confuse, though, and you probably encountered this a lot, Melissa, is people confuse the business entity with the manner in which that entity is going to be taxed. And I think that's a source of so much confusion to people. So I try to 
help people understand that the business entity, your corporation or your LLC is like a human body. And then your tax structure is like the clothes you put on it. They go together. <laughs> but interesting analogy. I love that. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> separate and they should could be confused. So you can have a or an LLC that is taxed as an S corporation okay. or as a C corporation, right? Okay. And so it's one of these things that that's where LLCs are great because they can be taxed any way you want, want them to be. But then there could be some other cons depending on where or what your objectives are. Like if you're going to be a startup, you want to round up millions of dollars of investor capital, those people are going to expect you to form a corporation because corporations come with a lot of default rules that help protect investors, like having annual meetings, having a board of directors. If you go the route of, route of the, the LLC, you could skip those things, which is why it's beneficial if you're by yourself. But you know, if your business model is to bring in other people, maybe the corporation is better for example. Okay. Now, do you often get specifically these type of questions or what other types of questions do clients come to you with? When it's just a engaging with the public, really the biggest questions are the business formation type of questions. But my, my client that I like to deal with is someone who already has a business in place and now they're scaling because yeah. now things are changing a little bit. These small pro- problems are becoming bigger problems, becoming more urgent. Yeah, as you scale, your problems scale with you. So I like going through and helping them realize, okay, now that you're this size, now you're under these rules. You need to, for example, when you hire 25 employees, you now become subject to a whole bunch of anti-discrimination laws and a lot of other rules for employers. So you need to count, keep track of how many employees you have. And okay, now I'm under these new rules and those new rules. Another common thing that I see entrepreneurs not be aware of when they're growing their business is they think that they're only subject to the laws of the state in which they're living or working. But in reality, once you start hiring people in other states and selling to a lot of customers in other states and open a store location in another state, you are now starting to open yourself up to be regulated by that state, to be taxed by that state, and to even potentially be sued in that state. So I try to teach people to be aware of these risks and how to minimize their exposure, to minimize their footprint in other states and be strategic. Okay, I'm now ready to go to California. I know there's a lot of opportunities in California, but I'm going to make a calculated decision to do it. So I'm like, I just want to clarify because to me, this is interesting. So with the global economy, like, you know, most businesses are definitely, you know, hiring employees from different states and even different countries. So as a business owner, are you increasing your risk when you hire people from other areas? Or if you're selling to clients that live in other states and countries? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You can minimize those risks by having the right terms in your contract. But at the end of the day, you can't control where that person might try to sue. And like, I give you an example. We live in a, you know, we both work in the coaching space and coaches like to have these uh, multi-month programs and give people an option to spread out the payments of the program over time. You know, so rather than just, you know, 5,000 up front, let's spread that out over 10 months, five months, whatever. But that can trigger laws. Like, for example, in the state of California, if you are entering that type of contract with a person in California, California is going to say, oh, 
you're under our laws regarding retail agreements that involve financing. And you're going to have to comply with it. You're going to have to make the right disclosures. You're going to have to you know, have the right terms in the agreement or else that person can just negate your contract. That sounds really overwhelming. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's amazing that we don't see as much litigation even as there could be. And I think that's a, that's a very important point, which is why does litigation occur? And litigation and a, a lawsuit doesn't happen because you broke a rule or you broke a contract. We're doing that on a daily basis. It happens because we have so treated a person in a way that now they feel like they've been taken advantage of. They don't feel loved. They don't feel cared for. They don't feel heard. And then they go out of the way then to then find an attorney who will then figure out everything you're doing wrong. Wow. So when you start working with clients, especially let's focus on coaches as clients, right? So (laughs) what type of service do you offer? Like, do you do like a legal audit and you recognize their weak spots and make recommendations for how they can improve to protect themselves? Yes, exactly. I call it a, a business health check. And I go through and I look at multiple angles where, okay, do they have the right business entity? Are they being taxed the right way? Do they know their intellectual property and taking steps to protect that? Do they have, you know, what are their major contracts and do they have you know, major red flags going on there that they need to address. So it's it's really comprehensive looking at the websites. Do they have the terms and policies there? So I'm trying to identify these major risk areas and help them nudge them in the right direction on that. You know, and it's so important for entrepreneurs to be aware of this because I believe a lot of them are sweeping it under the rug. Like, you know, there's so many things to focus on as an entrepreneur. You know, we're focused on sales and marketing and messaging, copywriting and, you know, getting your product out there, your service. You know, I could go on. But the legal stuff is so important. Do you want to maybe review why it's so important that, you know, entrepreneurs be aware of this? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question, Melissa. So legal is one of those things where I think it's kind of like going to the dentist, right? Where we don't want to to go to see the dentist. And we're afraid of what the dentist is going to say and say you have a cavity. But if that cavity gets treated right away, maybe it's a $300 or $500 procedure covered by insurance. But if you don't take care of that cavity, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where you're going to need a full root canal. You're going to have to have a crown installed, all these things, right? And now we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars and maybe... If you want a good dentist to help you, your insurance isn't going to cover it. It's kind of the same thing with law, where if you don't spend those couple thousand dollars up front to get you started right, you might later on have bigger problems, more complexity, more issues, and now you're going to have to spend $10,000 to sort it out. And if you wait even longer, it might boil over into a lawsuit and now you're spending $50,000. And I have to say the litigation risk to a company is a big threat. The average business has about 25% chance of surviving the first four years. And I should say, these are statistics from the Small Business Association. So 25% chance of surviving four years. But if you are involved in litigation, your odds of surviving go down to 17%. Ooh, why is that? Because of the cost? The costs are enormous. Just a small case could end up 
just just to settle a case without any litigation could cost thousands of dollars because the lawyer has to write up the settlement agreement, has to negotiate. You know, once you get into court and you're arguing, you're filing papers, it just can add up really, really quick. But I, I think there's a second reason to it too, which is, again, if you're involved in litigation, it's probably a sign that you're making many, many mistakes that are getting you there. And so you have a much bigger problem under your hood that needs to be addressed. And that's where, again, you need to go back and look at how you're really treating your employees, how you're treating your, your customers. And the number one type of lawsuit the, S- the SBA found out was, was breach of contract. Also. So it's people failing. Yeah, people are failing to deliver on the promises they make, or at least the other person is feeling that way. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that happens a lot in the coaching space as well. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's easy to fall into that trap, right, of, of marketing and, and, you know, trying to oversell your product because you want to get people in your program. But your advertising, your marketing is creating expectations in that other person. And despite what you put in that contract, it's those expectations that are going to, to affect whether they feel like they are getting what they bought, whether they're, you know, whether you're delivering or whether or not they feel they're being taken advantage of. So we really need to be mindful of expectations. That's great. So, okay, I'll use a hypothetical situation where, okay, we're talking about me and my business. So if I have not had a lawyer come into my business and review it, what type of risk am I putting myself in? Just, you know, we want to review this so that listeners get a really good understanding of how risky not being legally not covered, but you know what I mean, for a lack of a better word, just just you want to minimize the risk in your business. Yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about some of these major risks I'm seeing or major problems I'm seeing again and again. So uh, a big one, for example, is someone goes all of the hassle to form a business. They form an LLC or a corporation, but then they don't put any of their assets in it. They don't fund it. They don't sign their contracts as the corporation or LLC. I mean, they're, basically, they're not doing anything with it. And they basically just doing business as themselves. And they're personally now on the hook. And they might as well have not wasted all the money having that separate side business that they formed. So that's a a major problem. Oh, or yeah, they make a corporation. They don't issue the shares. They don't go through the steps of giving themselves authority to properly sign contracts so people can go through and void the contracts. And again, I, I see again and again, people signing contracts the wrong way. They sign it, let's say, as... Jay Razook, owner, and don't understand, no, you, the person who enters the contract should be a business entity and it should be the officers that sign it. So if it's a corporation, it might be the CEO who signs. Or if you are an LLC, then the LLC should be signing through its manager, usually. I mean, some states might have different terms, but usually the manager then that by default has authority to sign agreements for the LLC. But if you sign as owner or founder or something like that, you're basically saying, hi, I'm signing this as an individual. Sue me, not my business. Interesting. Now, is it only contracts you look at or do you look at protecting your digital assets and trademarking and those other issues that we often hear about? Yes. Uh, I definitely love helping people understand their intellectual property and how to protect that. When it comes to trademarks, definitely trying to give people more awareness of trademarks. There's been an explosion in the past year or two of people registering trademarks. Like word is getting out. Do you have celebrities who are 
tweeting or putting Instagram, their efforts to get trademarks. So we're, it's becoming more of a thing to do. And there's a lot of benefits to do it. I would say the big one is when you register a trademark, you're putting everybody on notice not to copy your name in the same same sort of industry space as you are. And that will give you a lot of protection. So I'd say that's even the number one reason. Put people on notice so that when they later later go to register using something very similar, the government will say, oops, sorry, you can't. You know, this person already has that name taken. So that's okay. good protection. But here's the thing. A lot of people don't understand that they already have trademarks. They already have them by virtue of putting that name on your product or service or trying to advertise with that. So yeah, they don't understand that you already have that. And and so it's not like you register to get the trademark. You register to get a bunch more benefits so that if someone is using your name, you can bring the hammer down on them and have a lot more options in court. But the thing is, you can register it. If you don't enforce it, if you don't really protect it, you can end up losing it or that other person will gain the right to also use it. So it's a commitment. So I really make sure my clients are ready for it. They know what they're getting into, making sure it's the right decision and then go for it. So but it could be the right thing. Okay. So when you're trademarking, are you just trademarking your name, like that name? Or is it all the intellectual property that you have with that name on it? Like, so for example, let's use my business, the Business Society. So right now it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's going through trademark. But are all my courses and offers covered under that trademark? Great question. So the way a trademark works is the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office has broken up trademarks into categories. And when you go to register your trademark, you select what category or class it goes in. And the class could be clothing, it could be vehicles, it could be telecommunications. Education is a big one. So... So when you go and register your trademark, you figure out which one or more classes it go into. And actually, this is why you hire a lawyer, because the lawyer is going to know what are the right ones to go in. And then you would register in those classes. And now anybody who is registering Mark in the same or similar class as you will be prevented from using that same name. So in your word, why is it important to trademark? It's important to trademark because that gives you the ability to protect the name that you put on your goods or services. So again, it could be your business name, it could be the name you give your products, but it's it's this idea of preventing customers from being confused about the source of goods or services. You want them, when they look up something, to know it's coming from you and your business and not going and signing up with a competitor who has a similar name. And this is why the government likes protecting trademarks because it's all about avoiding customer confusion. And so it's protecting your brand, it's protecting your name and all the goodwill and value that goes with it. Okay. So if somebody tried to steal like course content, would that be covered under trademark? No. So, and this is something I help people out with. <laughs> good, <laughs> good question, Melissa. Thanks for, thanks for asking that because I'm sure everybody's thinking that. Yeah. So, so intellectual property is broken up into multiple types. So you have the trademarks that prevent sort of the name, the the origin, identification of the origin of goods or services. Then you have copyrights. Copyrights protect the expression of ideas. And that's very important, the expression. A lot of people think, oh, I made a course. I have, you know, all these ideas. I teach people. I'm sorry, copyrights is not going to protect your idea. It just won't. It's going to protect the expression of it. And this is huge because, for example, Hollywood, 
people come up with movie ideas all the time, but just because you came up with a movie idea doesn't mean someone who hears it can't just go and rip you off and do it. Okay. It's your script. It's your screenplay and the way you word it. That's what a copyright is going to protect. So when you're like a coach and you have a program, your, your videos, your, your podcasts, your materials, the downloads, all these things that you make and give to people in their form is what is copyrighted. So someone can't then take your videos and then post it in their course. That's not allowed. Okay. So when you get copyright righted, whatever the expression is, do you do that? Like you copyright under you or do you copyright under your business name? That's a good question. So you have to think it through. So ideally you want it to be in a business entity. Your business entity is like a bucket. And if you don't put anything in the bucket, the bucket is empty. And if you leave your bucket too empty, a court might just say, if your business gets sued, we're going to ignore your empty business and you personally are the bucket. And then the government will take your house, your whatever. There's limits on that. But I mean, just showing you this idea, you don't want to make yourself the target. So it's good to put enough assets into your business, run it like you really should. You could have potentially a second business that might own all your intellectual property. And then you have the other business that's operating it. But again, there's pros and cons to that. At the end of the day, though, I really think the simplest and best thing for people to do is, yeah, you have your business and then it owns your trademarks, your copyrights associated with that business. Okay. This has been such an interesting conversation. A lot. Even I've learned a lot. What is the main message that you want to get out to listeners? So I... I want them to understand that it is really important to work with accountants, to work with attorneys, because really we have expertise on things that will help you to better protect yourself, to better lay a solid foundation on which you can grow from. Because, you know, when you start small, your problems might be small, but they only get bigger and more magnified as your business grows. And seriously, I have seen so many times where people have waited and it has become so costly to go back and try to fix these these issues that have just magnified so much. So start it, start off right, save yourself a lot of money down the road, save yourself a lot of worry and concern and anxiety by again, just knowing it's taken care of, knowing you're doing it right. I, I don't think you can even put a price tag on that. So it's really let people do what they're best at. Let the, let the attorneys accountants get you started and you focus on what you're doing, focus on what you do best. And I think that's where everybody's going to have a successful, happy business. Yeah, that's really well said. And for those business owners who understand that, you know, your business is your baby and you want to protect it and grow it and ensure that, you know, you've mitigated risks and, you know, you can sleep at night knowing that you've protected yourself. It's super important to get that legal coverage as well. So I know people are going to want to reach out to you. Where can they find you? So you can find me at my website is www.proscalelegal.com. If you want to email me, it's j at proscalelegal.com. Everything's spelled as you heard it there. And if you're on Facebook, feel free to reach out. I should be the only Jay Razook on the planet, as far as I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. So she, you should be able to find me. I'm always happy to connect. And I have a, a Facebook group where I have like whole series there showing people how to go step by step, figuring out what's the right business for you, 
tips on, you know, what's wrong with your contracts, copyrights, trademarks, all these things, because I'm really so passionate about helping entrepreneurs get going on the right foot. Well, I love it. And I love what you're doing. I think it's absolutely important. And for those of you, if you have not looked into your contracts and your trademarking and everything legal about your business, I highly recommend it because as Jay said, you know, the worst thing is, is trying to fix a mistake. So protect yourselves, protect yourselves from, you know, costly errors because they definitely add up financially. It's way cheaper to deal with it now than to try to fix it. Jay mentioned that and I absolutely agree. So be sure that you are mindful about your business and you do what you need to do to protect it. So thank you so much, Jay. I'm so glad that you joined us today and we'll be talking soon. Likewise, thanks for having me, Melissa. Thanks for listening to the Business Society Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with someone you think would love it. Until next time, I'm Melissa Houston. And never forget, nobody will ever care about your money as much as you do. So never give your financial power away. Thank you.